Hello and welcome to episode two of POC, People of Cinema podcast. I am Carrie Kearse, here with the wonderful Wynton Wong, and finally, at long last, our lovely third co-host, Alexandria Agbaje. Did I fuck that up? No, you did that. That was beautiful. <laughs> so, so how has everybody's weeks been? Uh, good. Uh, Busy, you know? Life. But it's been good. What about you? You know, I finally got a real job offer, so I'm going to sit on Woo-hoo! that one for a bit, see what happens. Maybe I'll have some good news next week. That is awesome. What about you, Carrie? I'm doing all right uh, out here in New York City. It's not horribly cold yet, and work is a lot less hectic this week, so it is, it's doing okay. Good. Hanging in there. How about you, honey? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty chill. It is getting, like, a little yeah. brisker, I guess, in L.A. I wouldn't say it's cold. What is, what no. is brisk in L.A.? It's, br- br- it's like, <laughs> 78. Yeah, no, Get I out. Mean, like, brisk is, Get like, out. when I leave for work or in the morning, and it's, like, 62. That's Get like, out. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't know. But it's, it's, like, 40, 43 is, like, the morning are you temperature here. It, it's starting to, yeah, oh like, God. low 50s. <laughs> I can't even remember a time where it was cold in October anymore. <laughs> I've already been converted to the LA weather, where it's just never cold. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be sad, but I'm also, like, slightly, like, there's this, like, oh, here's a positive. Like, normally in Chapel Hill on Halloween, it's very cold, and I love making fun of, of girls that are just dressed in, in nothing, but they're, they're, they're pretending yeah. to be something. Um, now. I'm a mouse, yeah, now, in LA, I'm like... <laughs> get it like this is where it started like this was patient zero it's warm enough here where right. like you can wear that and like that's comfortable like that's good you're right and i'm like oh side note of halloween do you guys have any plans for halloween do you know what's going on in the world for that day besides trick-or-treating i wish i could still trick-or-treat yeah, yeah man I free candy too. you don't know how good you have it <laughs> <Children>. man <laughs> As the children, children listening to it's wasted on it's really it's truly wasted on children. <laughs> I, I guess I don't have real plans. This is I guess like Alexandra, you're kind of in the same boat. Like, this is our first year in LA. I don't mm-hmm. I don't uh, know what happens. At Halloween. Exactly. I'm assuming drunk well, people because that is like yes, normal. Oh, for of sure. Course. But like all I've heard is that West Hollywood has like a Halloween. Like there's like a little mini parade that like happens right, right, right. similar to like mm-hmm. the 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 march on franklin street that happens um in north mm. carolina but I, I don't know i don't know i guess it'll just be an exploration we'll we'll probably like touch base next week and be like there are just boobs everywhere <laughs> <laughs> and maybe like new york city in new york um what typically happens is they're like all of like the more decent bars, um, just ones with like rooftops or something, tend to go like semi-private. So like you buy a ticket for like ten or fifteen dollars, and then you get maybe like an hour of like a vodka bar or something like that. And then you know it's just like a DJ club, you know, sort of thing for the night, and just people come in costume. Um, so that's probably what I'll be doing this Halloween. I'll be Jasmine from Aladdin for the Ooh. third consecutive year. <laughs> nice though. Cause yeah, thank you. you it's like one of those things princess. where like, ah, oh, yeah, I like her. She's great. Yeah. I, I still don't know what my Halloween costume is. It'll be a surprise for everybody. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Including yourself. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. <laughs> um, so I guess a quick intro if this is the first episode that you're listening to. We have a real first episode that is like a kind of brief primer on why this podcast exists. But basically all three of us are women of color working slash aspiring slash figuring it out. Emerging. emerging into the <laughs> entertainment industry. And we're just going to hear or we're here to talk about what our thoughts are on how things are going in the in the entertainment industry and in, in media beyond and kind of our stories if we have any good ones um of existing as women of color in in the entertainment industry because i'm gonna use the word existing because i am maybe when it's when it's not like an assistant or a legal clerk i'm usually the only woman of color which is great i love (laughs) love being the token one yes It is very fun. <laughs> you, oh, I don't know if sarcasm is conveyed over part podcast. <laughs> that may be the only kind of <laughs> thing that works really well on podcasts. But I guess we're going to go through a quick kind of rundown of of, of topical news things that we want to talk about. Um, about two mm-hmm. weeks ago, a week and a half ago, Jennifer Lawrence posted on Lena Dunham's kind of new email newsletter called The Lenny about her frustration and then i guess her awakening to the wage gap um that happens even for people that get paid millions of dollars um for probably four to six months of work depending on how crazy your shoots are and just a quick recap she says that it's because that there may be like something that we've kind of taught our children, taught our daughters to, like, not speak up, to not be aggressive, to not be kind of defensive about what they do and how they do it, that she doesn't fight back. Um, She doesn't negotiate very hard currently for what she, you know, what she makes. And she obviously makes millions of dollars, but after the Sony hacks, it it was shown that not only does she make less just monetarily compared to people like Bradley Cooper or Jeremy Renner, mm-hmm. um, she gets less percentage points. And in the long run, for actors and, and for a lot of people in the entertainment industry, percentage points are kind of like what keeps you going. You have a lot of months where you're not working, and it's those percentage points from box office returns, from merchandising, from DVD licensing sales um, of the movie that you just made that comes back to you, that like keeps you alive and keeps you uh, kind of <laughs> able to work while you mm-hmm. have those off days. So any, any thoughts on, on Jennifer Lawrence's strong words? Um, just that, like, this is, you know, the, the, I guess, not the trend in Hollywood, but it's the latest sort of thing that, um, people in Hollywood are all starting to talk more and more about. We have Patricia Arquette's famous, infamous, depending on how you (laughs) look at it contextually, um, speech from the Oscars last year talking about this issue, um, Meryl Streep has also been very vocal about it. Um, we're, there is just a very strong frustration from women in Hollywood about this issue, specifically white women in Hollywood uh, about this issue. And so I just find myself like kind of personally wondering, like, okay, you know, women making seventy-seven cents on the dollar, you know, generally. But then, you know, I guess this 
you know, I was, I was, I'm not going to lie. I was like a little surprised that this is translating out into Hollywood where you're making millions of dollars anyway. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, you know, that I could definitely see that happening. But then I find myself wondering if you're making, you know, you know, significantly less, if Jennifer Lawrence can make, you know, significantly less than Bradley Cooper, how much is Viola making? How much is Lupita making, you know, contextually? Um, You know, probably significantly less than that even. But it's interesting that you don't see, or I I have yet to see, you know, a woman of color come out about this issue. And I wonder if it's a fear of rocking the boat thing, the idea of being, uh, quote unquote, difficult to work with, um, which is something that Monique kind of talked about in in an unrelated issue. It wasn't uh, a money-based thing, but just being branded difficult and then being basically boxed out of roles as a pretty much direct result. Um, So yeah, that's just my, I I just think it's interesting. And I I just kind of wonder what else is happening in this story. Like, is this like, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I guess part of it is that in general in the u.s there's a certain kind of like lack of transparency when it comes to salaries um i don't Mm -hmm. know like i don't know i haven't done enough research into other cultures but generally like for example in asia and china it's like very common to be just a little bit more transparent about how you make how much you make um so you Mm -hmm. know when you're out to dinner you just got a new job like you just kind of say it like it's it's not a big deal it's just kind of creating context for how you currently mm-hmm. live and and how how you know things are um and this it, mm-hmm. and that's why i think for example bradley cooper responding to the letter and saying that you know now you know next time when i have big movies with with female leads or female co-stars like i'm just gonna tell them like what my, my current negotiating terms are so that they have a little bit more data and they have a little bit more kind of strength and and to to negotiate and say that okay uh i am a co-lead with bradley cooper he's making uh 28 million on this on this i should be making at least 28 million i have equal screen time like so that that type of transparency i think is mm-hmm. is necessary in terms of people of color just because we don't have the data we don't know like we contracts are so mm-hmm. secretive um right. I would I would assume that you know a Viola or or a Lupito is definitely making less, um, unfortunately. And and I all I guess I guess my like main thought about it is it's good Jennifer Lawrence speaking up. It's good. Her being a a white lady. I guess that's the first step. I don't know if America is like particularly good at taking leaps when it comes to this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. No, I think you're right. And I'm not trying to be like, oh, because, you know, she's a white actress, her, you know, voice should be discounted or or anything like that. I'm very appreciative of, you know, the work that she's doing on this front. However, I'm like, I just find it interesting that you're seeing Jennifer Lawrence, uh, Meryl Streep, and, you know, Patricia Arquette, and, like, other white women speaking out about this but no like nothing from lucy Liu, nothing from you know right any woman of color coming out on this i just think that's a little not gina rodriguez nobody you know what i mean right i mean i would imagine maybe i missed it i would imagine it's difficult enough to try and like 
find positions in which you're actually accepted, like find lead roles as a person of color. So I can't imagine Mm -hmm. wanting to rock the boat or wanting to miss the opportunity. Like it almost, I would imagine it would be like holding it over their heads as like, I could pay you more, but you're not going to get this role, you know, or I could replace Mm -hmm. you with someone else. Yeah. And I think that's common. Like I know that when I, when I like for example am pitching for directing a music video or, or something like that I one of my things is like I'll be cheap like <laughs> I'll be cheaper than all the other yeah. dudes like don't worry about it mm-hmm. and like I guess there's like a certain desperation that like I just I really I want to direct it I think that like I have a good vision but like I'm going to undercut myself because I would rather just, just get, get it, it made then mm-hmm. fight i guess like fight for a fair kind of salary or wage and i wonder if that's mm-hmm. happening in the minds of of the actresses and also of the agents um it's a mm. negotiating terms for actors and for any type of talent is is really tough and aggressive and for agents with i guess a pri- like a primarily minority based roster where like you're making money if they're making money it's mm-hmm. better to just to make money, I guess. Right. Some money is better than yeah, no money. Yeah, and so, like, so, I'm going to pitch, mm. you know, Monique or, or, you know, Lucy or whatever for this job, and I'm going to I'm gonna kind of undercut them a little bit because it's better for them to just get a job, like, you know, than to not, right. to make a little yeah. bit less. And I, that's, I mean, it's a ridiculous thing, but that's, I guess, how the system currently is right yeah. the sad truth yeah i feel like this the, the like the little subtitle for our podcast is just the sad truth, sad truth. <laughs> <laughs> i mean is there anything that, that that we or the other people could be doing to kind of fix this this wage gap uh, i haven't I, I don't know <laughs> honestly i'd like just minus these people who are celebrities just thinking of like day-to-day women i have no idea like if i'm being paid less in my job right mm-hmm. now than my co-workers who are male i would have no idea how to approach this i would have no idea maybe talk to hr but i wouldn't know if that would actually do anything you know yeah and like yeah. with negotiating terms i know that it's difficult and like studies have shown that women tend to not negotiate as much as men and that mm-hmm. when women do decide to negotiate, they're often seen as yeah, pushy, pushy aggressive, bossy, um, like ungrateful. And it's the sad truth. <laughs> like it's it's difficult. Yeah. And, and I don't know. I read. Um, Have you read? I have read Lean In. Is it good? It's I need it's it, a good. Like. So Lean In is by Cheryl. Mm-hmm. Sandberg, Sandberg, who is currently the CFO of Facebook, um, the CFO and COO of Facebook, and it's it's about women, I guess, standing up for themselves a little bit more. But the book also kind of treads this fine line of like you also you know you can have a family, but if you have a family, like these are the things that you should do, and you're still kind of flip flopping, and you're still kind of you're not devoting as much time as, as traditionally men do um, in work. And with Lean In, she kind of dances around how negotiating works. She says, definitely negotiate. Like, talk to 
people in the companies that you're working in that you trust ask just just as politely as possible ask them how much they make and and then use that information talk to hr talk to your bosses and and do that but it's never explicit there's never they never Mm. she never talks about how you know the tone differences and how people perceive them kind of change how negotiating works and her main kind of ethos behind lean in is just like just do it like yes Mm. be bossy because bossy Mm -hmm. for women is bad bossy for men is seen as a good trait which is great um and and i guess i I do recommend people read lean in just to get kind of a different perspective on things because she is you know she is in a a position of power and, and she has great success and so it's interesting to see how how she did it. I don't know if I 100% agree, but if it's working, it's working. Um, mm, that's true. And it's this like I, I'll just like briefly bring this up in terms of family time. So uh, Paul Ryan is is gonna run for Speaker of the House, and one of his main kind of <laughs> tenets of like I'll do this one because. I, we need to do this. Republican Party needs to do this. Um, but two, I will only take this job if I can retain my family time. Which a lot of people like blew up about. And I don't know why they blew up about it. Because having a right. man acknowledge that being a mm. family person and splitting up you know, chores and, and time with kids with his wife appropriately like in a relatively equal fashion that's awesome like well no the reason why they're upset about him doing that is because he's trying to get rid of like paid maternity and paid paternity leave. yes primarily paid maternity leave so it's like utterly hypocritical saying like no a woman should not have time to you know be you know continue to be paid and have a job that she can return to after having a time to like bond with her children and you know and you know recover from you know childbirth which is probably like the most physically traumatic thing that can happen (laughs) to a body you know um no you know come back to work you know and do all that and the fact that he in you know this really well-paid lucrative job is demanding paid time off to be with his family. Well, well he's, he, I, I guess he's not demanding. And I mean, it is hypocritical of him to want to reduce paid maternity leave, but I guess that's also like the Republican yeah. stance. Like, I don't know how personally he views that, um, but he isn't asking time for paid time off. He's just asking that they respect his weekends, mm-hmm. which like, absolutely. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, from my perspective, Congress doesn't really do that much. So, like, just go <laughs> no. ahead and give him his weekends. Also, they get a long summer, they get a long summer recess, which they're, you know, in some way compensated right. for, um, even if it's not full salary. So I'm like, you, you have, like, a full, like, month or two of, like, basically summer vacation, which most people don't get. Yeah. In their job. As like, I adult. surely don't get one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I guess it's interesting, like, the, the notion of family dynamics and wages and salaries and time off. Um, and right. I guess, like, from my point of view, like, talking about feminism as equality, totally. Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely give Paul Ryan his weekends. Like, why would you not give him his weekends? What are you guys yeah. doing on the weekends? <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know, any final... Yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah, any final like, thoughts on that? The consistency of, like, being with your family. Like, the whole idea of, you know, these recess periods that they have is fine, but it's a different... Uh, how do I put this? It It's a different... It's a different message when he is saying that he needs his quality time all the time, you know? Yeah. Mm. And it is weird, weird, quote unquote, that it is coming from, like, the male perspective. Like, it's just something we don't see often. Yeah. And something we probably should see more often. Right. At the same time, like, seriously, don't get rid of maternity and paternity leave. That's just messed up. Circling back to um, the idea of pay and, you know, quality, that one way that it is kind of justified in the more traditional workplace, not necessarily Hollywood, you know, is that, oh, women need more time off to be with their families or because of maternity leave, that's how we justify paying them less because they're not working. They can't do all the long hours. They can't do all that. But like on a film set, like, you know, Jennifer Lawrence is going to be there as late as Bradley Cooper is going to be there. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm like right. that you can't use that argument in the way actors in Hollywood are paid. So like I gen- so the pay gap makes even less not that it you know is an okay thing to do in the traditional, you know, 9 to 5 workplace, but it makes very little sense. They're both in the same union, they're both in SAG. They're going to both be there the same amount of time most likely shooting a film if they're co-leads like there's no justification yeah totally do you guys think that unions like sag and and the dga and the wga should Mm -hmm. have i guess more bargaining power in terms of of equalizing the wage gap because i know that both the dga and the wga um have Mm -hmm. programs and they and they also are collecting data on the differences um in terms of employment and credits um Mm -hmm. of of women versus men on on projects Mm -hmm. but there currently isn't any i guess data collection on on their wages and i can't imagine like that's that much harder like you're through the bargaining unit for all these people Mm -hmm. right they must have it um they must have some level of you know financial data because don't they have to do something to make sure like the overtime is always processed i mean um, like uh, like for example like the wga minimums they're the same regardless if you're a man or a woman the question Mm. is when you're you're when you're negotiating for series sales bonuses for Mm -hmm. um salaries above wga minimums it's like a free-for-all so should so should unions be like should unions step in a little bit more on behalf of women like they know statistically that they there are less women being hired and like they both Mm -hmm. like both unions acknowledge that it's a bad thing and both unions are trying to create programs to to like you know foster mentoring and and whatnot should Mm -hmm. they step in a little bit more in terms of money sure uh, yeah why not i'd be if down with that yeah <laughs> i don't know like i guess like labor unions are especially in hollywood labor unions are yeah. really 
scary and intense i guess for people people don't like to talk about it too much unless they're in a union (laughs) right very true well i mean they've gotten that way because they've been ex well not to get too you know um about it but i i mean like they the reason why these unions exist in that they're so hardcore it to the point where like if you pick up a light and that's not your and you are not in, like in that union like you can be fired you know like that sort of thing the reason right. why they're like that is because you know so long there have been exploitations and loopholes you know by the people in charge so like it's kind of it's gotten like maybe a little too ravenous but like i think the the intentions of unions are ultimately good and if they're going to go that hard go so far to try and protect you know um, you know, job security and as well as like the physical safety of performers and crew members. Like they need to, you know, it, it, you know what I mean? Like this is just one more logical step, you know, to keep people employed and to keep people paid and able to continue to do this work. Right. That makes sense. I have a like LA maternity story from a friend of mine who is essentially like a liaison between producers and like the camera people i don't remember Mm -hmm. where he works but essentially um this person that he works for who is one particularly racist because he fired his assistant on the claims that she was black and he's being sued but welcome to la yes and like wait did did he not know that when he hired her (laughs) wait i'm sorry wait sorry i'm just a little confused Yeah, I don't know the extreme details, but this is what I hear. Okay. And everyone in this office is what is like convinced that this is the reason that he fired this woman. And apparently there's another woman who was on maternity leave um, and was paid. And he fired this woman because she wasn't working because she was on maternity leave. And this friend of mine, who is no. a white male, mm-hmm. straight white male, whatever, was so, so distraught and upset by the condition, like, his workplace. Like, he was, like, crying and, like, just heavily upset with the fact that this sort of thing exists in L.A. And he, like, feels bad that women have to deal with this. At the same time, I have zero cares about his emotional distress over this situation because he doesn't have to deal with it. He still has a job. Like, he's not threatened at all to lose this job in any way, you know? Yeah. Even if he hates mm. it. I mean, I guess it's good that he knows this is happening, but, like, he didn't, like, other than crying, which I guess is, like, <laughs> something, like, he didn't do anything about it. Like, he didn't speak up. He didn't talk to the other coworkers, other coworkers that feel the same way about talking to the boss about it. Like, right. Who, no one, like, approached the situation, you know? Right, they just kind of let it happen. Mm-hmm. And I think that happens way more often than people would like to acknowledge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, like, to a certain degree, it's good that he's very upset about this, that he's, like, becoming aware. Because so many people will just be like, no, it's not like that. You know, whatever. Just quit whining. You know, I right. worked my way up. Da-da-da. So the fact that, like, you know, he he... I don't know his position. I don't know his uh, level of clout within this company. But, um, you know, all I can really say off of that is, like, I hope this, like, sinks into him and he, like, never forgets. So however far he does, you know, ultimately rise in this industry, he can, like, sort of 
be an ally and be like, I, this is not a thing I will tolerate, you know, right. if, if he does become a superior. At the same time, it's almost like in that moment, he's drawing the attention away from the actual issue, you know? Absolutely. The same way, like, maybe Bradley Cooper's statement, which is, it's, I'm happy that someone is speaking out, but at the same time, it's sort of like drawing the issue away from the people who actually deal with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a mm-hmm. fine line between being an ally and then taking up, you know, airtime or space or like voicing an opinion. Because yeah. now it is valid, right? Now this situation, her, Jennifer Lawrence's words are more valid because he justified what she was saying, you know? Mm. Like, would people actually take her seriously if he had not said anything? Totally. It's, it, it's hard. Yeah. It's definitely hard. And I think what he's aspiring to do is very good and I do see that is a point I didn't think about um the fact that he you know publishing this open letter and saying this is a thing I'm going to do um does it does actually kind of pull the spotlight onto him and I'm wondering if like the only way that what he's doing could be better is if he had you know this is a thing that he does in his personal life and that he advocates you know privately to his you know other male actors in a way that doesn't you know say you know, call public attention and be like, look how cool Bradley Cooper is, you know, look how down and feminist he is, you know, but to just do it, you know, in a way, like a, like a sort of backhanded sort of way of doing it, you know, behind the scenes in a way that lets the movement shine and go in the direction it needs to go, but also, you know, talking, you know, with his male, you know, actors and being like, this is a thing that we can try and do and help, but like, you know, let's not make too big of a deal out of it, you know? Right. Mm. Yeah, like the optimist in me is like, this is great, this is awesome. This the cynical Mm -hmm. part of me is, we can't, we can't like follow up on this, right? Like, like you know, Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence, they're they have a movie coming out together, December Joy, another David O. Russell movie. but we don't know if they're ever going to have a movie together again. So, like, just because Jennifer Lawrence has been outspoken about it doesn't mean that that the next time around we're ever going to hear it. You know, we're no, the, mm. the lack of transparency when it comes to salary, especially in Hollywood, like, there's a certain, like, I can't believe they get paid so much, but we give them this money, um, mm-hmm. means that, like, the next time, because I'm sure they're going to have another movie together, that we're probably never going to hear this again. Like, right. especially mm-hmm. in relation to these two people. Yeah. Um, so, like, that's the cynic in me that's, like, ugh, like, <laughs> follow up. Like, there's there's no way of, of, of following up. And, like, I guess we should probably just end on, like, optimistic note that, like, this is good. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> I mean, that the conversation is happening, sure. Right. You know? People can only become, you know, like, more aware. Like, we're, you know, we're not going to be like, oh, yeah, it's fine. You know, you you can't put Pandora's box has been opened on this issue, so hopefully it'll just be a matter of time before we get our acts together. So for this next segment, we're gonna do a quick, I guess of fall network tv and we're only gonna do network tv right now because there's too much television uh maybe in like two or three weeks when we've we can like like normal people just watch these things uh we'll do like a cable (laughs) netflix hulu amazon 
premium roundup <laughs> yeah uh, i've heard i've heard really good things about fargo i'm a i'm a i'm a lover avid advocate of the nick everybody should watch the nick Ooh, um, i do want to say that that's that's another thing. outlander will be back yes. soon so sorry cable all, all of the other things that are not network television we'll we'll do some other time so we're gonna do this like through the days so that you can also continue to watch if you'd like so monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday etc um and then we're not gonna do everything just because it's so much uh but we'll have our brief brief thoughts on this so i guess starting on monday i'm gonna start on what is perhaps my favorite television network right now the cw (laughs) um and and there's i still giggle when i say that i shouldn't they're they're doing fun work um and Carrie and I had a brief conversation about Jane the Virgin uh, last time, but brief, extensive, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Jane, Jane the Virgin season two. Has anybody else watched it? Not yet. Not there yet. I, I'm sorry. I no. I'm catching well, up. Well, I will just say it continues in the vein of season one, which is great. Oh, lovely, lovely, fun, lovely, awesome acting. Everybody should watch it. Um, and I guess my one major note is uh the baby is adorable mateo is an adorable (laughs) baby i wonder if it's like at least triplets or something because holy moly is like he well behaved and like perfectly timed i don't know how long they spent on all those baby shots but that baby is adorable (laughs) it always does the right thing at the right time (laughs) oh Uh, oh i'm still in season one and i'm super hoping the abuela makes it oh, she took a tumble Alba. down the stairs yeah i don't know like no i'm that's not a spoiler because like i honestly don't know what happens with her and <laughs> i will be very upset if she dies because i, I, I love her so much but yeah everybody should watch jade the virgin it's a super diverse <laughs> yes, show please it's, do. A, it's a show that is being show run by a woman it is a show with a writing staff that is quite diverse and i am all for uh gina rodriguez being nominated Again for a Golden Globe and hopefully for the first time an Emmy uh, next award season. Next up on the CW slate on Mondays is Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which is a kind of musical-based show. Um, Anybody watch that one? No. I've heard very good things. Really? Like the... Yeah, actually, the name is very, the name was very off-putting to me. It's stupid. I hate that, like, image of, like, a crazy girlfriend, but... Anyway, yeah. that's beside the point. Continue. She is a crazy girlfriend, ex-girlfriend. And, like, it's... The title is, like, appropriate to an extent. Um, there are musical numbers in it. They're all original mm. songs. There's at least one original song per episode, per week. They're hour longs. Um, and it's good. I It's only been the second episode, so I can't tell too much. But... It's interesting. I thought the musical numbers would grate on me, um, just because, like, for example, Glee, like Smash, Smash. <laughs> uh, for a while there was rest yeah, in the, peace. For a while there was a Chicago like <laughs> television show in development. I'm glad that one died. Yeah. What? No. Um, and I guess like no. Pushing Daisies had the occasional music musical number. Christian Chenoweth. Yeah, but that yeah. Which, 
<laughs> but that was lovely. It's fine. That, that happened. But yeah. these musical numbers, they're not too grating. They shoot them in this kind of really interesting music video fashion. So there's like kind of a certain fantasy element to it. Um, and it's a fun show so far. Uh, it was originally pitched to Showtime as a half-hour series. Uh, ended up getting picked mm-hmm. up by CW and stretched to an hour long. Uh, there are moments where you can tell they kind of like filled it a bit, um, even in the first two episodes. <laughs> but so far, so good. I will keep watching it out of the two CW shows on Monday. Gonna keep doing it. Uh, moving on to Fox. Oh, sorry. Quick yeah. thing. Also, predominantly a female writing yes. staff which is why how they sort of justify the crazy ex-girlfriend title they're like you know we know the connotations but in this context we think yeah and i imagine they're gonna yeah, keep yeah, playing sure. with the title mm-hmm. uh because they've kind of played with it a little bit uh not too much and i think the other thing interesting thing of note is that the ex the other ex um that she's kind of pining after is a male asian uh which we haven't seen oh, a yes. male Asian romantic lead in a long Your... time. I, I'm trying to think right. of another one. John Cho on selfie is uh, like a rough. John Cho ish. Kimmy Schmidt. Yes, but that's Netflix. a Netflix show. It's not a yeah. yeah, yeah but on a network different. show, his name is Josh Chan. Uh, mm-hmm. So like, yeah. it's, it's they don't even hide it, which is really great. Um, and he from the from the brief flashbacks we see of his background like it's like he has very normal asian family but he's very american so i appreciate that Mm -hmm. as an american who happens to be of chinese descent Mm -hmm. um that like it wasn't a big deal perhaps he'll be a bigger deal in the later episodes we'll see what happens but they're not doing the perpetual sort of no he doesn't have foreigner accent he's not like a nerd esque stereotype like he is a he's like a pretty built dude and like he talks about uh being like i think god a football team or something like that so mm, i need to check this dude out yeah. <laughs> he's a cute dude i wouldn't say he's like all right. the end all be all of, of men but he's a cute dude on a network show um as a male romantic lead so that's awesome uh mm-hmm. moving on to fox Anybody else watch Gotham or Minority Report? Nope. No. Which is a shame because I do want to. I do want to give Minority Report a shot because Megan Good. I'm just gonna go with a don't. Don't. Oh. Oh, 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 you were the one who told me not. Megan Good. <laughs> I've seen her in other things, and she's usually like at least. She's talented, good, but it's unfortunate right? that she's at least yeah. good. In Minority Report, she's not good. I don't know because oh, the, so the writing's not good either. <laughs> My Dory Report is like a great uh, Spielberg movie. One of my favorite short stories by Philip K. Dick. It's just not a good show. I'm still watching it because, like, you know, I don't. Ha- there are not that many sci-fi shows left uh, in network television. You mean you're not? Oh, I was gonna say network. I was like, do you mean you're not watching the Sci-Fi Channel and its many offerings? But <laughs> I mean, I, no. Twelve Monkeys is really great. Uh, what else is? I really only watch it for Sharknado uh, sequels, <laughs> to be honest. But yeah, the the issue with Minority Report is not that it, it has people of color. The issue is that it's just a bad show. Um, right. Yeah, it is a relatively diverse staff. So Becky Good is like one of the co leads. Um, there is a Korean woman who is kind of a, like a best friend character who is also like an analyst in the police department. Wilmer Valderrama is like the kind of arrogant i forgot that he existed police sergeant like he's like one rank above megan good's character whose name is alex vega or laura vega sorry uh, which is 
the worst, like, I try to be sci-fi name, but I don't want to be too sci-fi and alienate people name. Um, <laughs> and it's just not a good show. It's poorly written. It's it's paced strangely. The characters, like, the pre-gog characters are, are weird. Like, it doesn't make sense mm. exactly why they are the way they are. Um, and... Uh, I will. I guess I'll watch it for until the mid-season break, and like maybe the mid-season break will have a cool cliffhanger. But no, just don't. It's a. It's a. <laughs> it sucks. And Megan Good is unfortunately awful in it. She is oh. awful in it. Her face does these weird things, and I don't know if the director is telling her to do those things or like that's her choice. Yeah. Is and she wears like this ridiculous like skin tight leather outfit all the time. Oh gosh. Like. No. Ugh. Anyway, uh, Gotham. I also hate watch. Uh, I don't know why I still watch oh, it. Wow. Uh, the first is it like funny sometimes, hate but I mostly oh, mostly okay. it's just like watching Ben McKenzie like be grumpy. Oh, I heard really good things about it. Initially, I heard yeah before they got rid of uh, Jada Pinkett. Yeah, and, and like maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll write a long form about why I hate watch Gotham. Please do. But, uh, yeah, I'll say I would it's read weird, it. It's yeah. weird, and in the most recent episode, they, like, so they kind of, like, push the Bruce Wayne, he's, like, a kid, the Bruce Wayne character a little bit out, so he doesn't, like, directly connect back to the Jim Gordon storylines, but this past episode, they kind of yanked him back in, and I'm not, I think that was a poor move. I know why they did it. They need to, like, reinvigorate both storylines, and so they can combine them and then perhaps separate them later, but did not I, I i particularly didn't like that that story development maybe they'll surprise me and i want it the catwoman character is this uh, she's a young girl i don't know what she is <laughs> like i don't know right she she's supposed huh? to be like this this like rebellious like uh she like lives on the streets and like she's lost her mother and, and she's like the sassy street knowledge character and she had a lot of character development in the end of season one because she got to hang out with jade pickett smith's character fish mooney who was a great character um but now that she's gone fish mooney's gone cat like the catwoman character just kind of like selena kyle she kind of like drifts around and does random things and they want to keep her around because we're supposed to care about her i don't and then there was a scene about (laughs) two episodes ago where Alfred just slaps her in the face. A grown, oh. like, older British gentleman just slaps a girl in the face. Wow. And I'm like, okay. Like, I know, I guess I kind of know why you did it, but wow. Like, that's... That's a bold choice, yep. CW. <laughs> that's a bold choice to slap a child in the yeah, face. Yeah, so, like... Yeah. I will continue watching hate, like, hate watching Gotham because I, I hate myself. Uh, um, <laughs> we all have shows that yeah, we. Yeah, and then I guess the only other Monday <laughs> show that of of importance is Blind Spot on NBC. Oh the, no, the tattoo, the tattoo one. Lady in a duffel bag. Okay. Oh, uh. As much as I love Sif from the Thor movies, <laughs> uh, and I love uh, Jamie, Jamie, not a Jamie Alexander. That's not her name. Yeah, is that's that her name? name. Okay, yeah. As much as like I think she's a very talented actor, I don't. I've just seen, I've seen the trailer, I, I confess, I haven't fully given the show a shot, but, like, just in watching the trailers, I'm like, this whole premise is too much. The, like, it's, the, it's, yeah. it's too much. The main issue yeah. is that the point of it is that she doesn't remember anything, and... But she has a million she tattoos, tattoos, and they're trying to find the right. story. At least, like, clues and all this police procedural mystery. Um, and the issue is because 
she is essentially a plot device. Yeah. She isn't given a lot, and she isn't really a character. Uh, and the past couple episodes, they've been trying to give her a little bit more emotional turmoil. But in the end, it doesn't mean anything because it doesn't yeah. mean anything to her. Um, and then the last episode, mm-hmm. they kind of like, they had been making kind of headway and like, oh, maybe this is who she is. And then the last episode, they kind of like tried to make the mystery more complex and just like kind of made all of the head, like everything that they've done in terms of mm-hmm. like, oh, maybe she's this girl, maybe she's from here doesn't matter anymore so like every episode every week is like another case that they like found from her tattoo and then like it's 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 like rote police procedural and the important part yeah that's low stakes the important part is that she doesn't like she cares but doesn't care she's a blank slate with no personality for the most part other than like she wants to know who she is and that that's a huge bummer Mm. um because, like, she's a good actress. Like, she's doing as much as he can with what she's given. Yeah. <laughs> it just sounds like a worse version of Samantha Who, to be honest. Yeah. And at least Samantha <laughs> yeah. had personality. Like, Christine Applegate. Oh, yeah. Like, even though she it forgot was, who she was, like... She was it was sassy. fun, because, like, the stakes were high, because, like, she's this benevolent person in a world that like everyone hates her because of who she used to be so like you know you have this person trying to like make amends and like build relationships from scratch but like in from what i've you know gleaned of this like there are no relationships yeah for this woman to have aside from her and the man who's doing the mystery solving yeah you know maybe it'll get better right now if you want to watch we're like amnesia based thing i guess yeah. watch them at the who and then if you need like police procedural like watch i don't know criminal minds or something i don't like, whatever just combine anything just, else like, have two televisions <laughs> on and just like have both on going at the same time uh so moving out to tuesdays we're going to start with Ooh. cw again the flash anybody watch the flash Nope, I have not. I think that'll be. I think that'll be my next one. Uh, I guess all I'm going to say about the Flash is watch it. It's really fun. It doesn't take itself oh. too seriously. It gets a little mm-hmm. like okay. cutesy sometimes, but it's a really fun show. CW, it's going to be. Yeah, cutesy. it's a fun show. Um, <laughs> they, I always applaud their their whoever their budgeting and VFX people are because they do a great job. It's a VFX relatively heavy show because he goes real fast, um, <laughs> but they always do a good job. It never looks. To, it never goes into like Sharknado territory too often. Um, too often. Wait, sorry. There's, so there are, there, there are like brief moments, but I would say like for example, oh, if you're yes. gonna start the Flash from the beginning, it's on Netflix. Season one is on Netflix. Um, one of the Flash's most iconic villains is Gorilla Grodd. He's a giant telekinetic gorilla. Okay, like yes. that's like and, like and yes. early on when and when the Flash was being developed, there people were, they kind of like hinted that Gorilla Grodd was gonna be a thing, and everybody was like, "How are they gonna do this on C- on the CW?" Right? They do a great job with it. Honestly, they do. Um, he's a he's is it like an actual gorilla? No, it's well, like he has to talk. Well, no, sorry. Like, do do they like it's like dub a voice so, over this gorilla it, like a literal gorilla i don't want to like i want i want the surprise and the, like the awe of the fact that they do this so well to kind of like <laughs> really hit you but it's it's a combination of, of vfx and they also have a suit uh, for some of the shots uh, it looks great mm. it really works uh, okay. i applaud them every pretty much every episode like they do a great job with their budgeting and their vfx it's just a fun show people should watch it uh the next cw show is i zombie anybody watch that movie? 
I've never I... heard of that. Actually. Oh, you haven't? No. It's, it's it's exactly what it sounds like. Okay. It's this woman. Does she become a zombie in the yes. show, or is she just always no, one? She becomes, okay. Uh, like first episode, she becomes she's, a zombie. Uh, she's a medical examiner. Yeah, decides to and be a medical brains. examiner because it's an easy way to get brains because they're already dead, so uh, she doesn't kill of people. Of course. Uh, right. Ridiculous premise, <clears throat> but based on a comic book, I believe, and uh, showrunning showrunners are. Um, a woman. A woman, but also from the yeah. people that did uh, Veronica Mars. So it's a really smart show. Yeah, it's really fun. Gotcha. Watch it. Very campy from what campy, I've seen. Campy, fun. Um, when she eats brains, she kind of like takes... She eats the brains and she can see the visions, so that's how they solve the murders. Uh, she also takes on the personality traits of that person. So it's like every week is... It's like Dollhouse, but better. Or like um, warm bodies, yes. or like warm bodies. It's uh, it's a good show. Yeah. It's fun. I I think people should watch it. Uh, Tuesdays are a great fun night. The Flash and, the, and I Zombie are great double feature. Um, uh, I guess we got to go into ABC. Anybody watch the Muppets or Marvel's Agents of Shield? I tried Agents of Shield. I wanted to like Agents of Shield. I just could not. Granted, it was season one. Season one is always rough of most mm-hmm. shows. Did you get all the I way feel- to the end of season one? No, I just I couldn't. I got like two or three episodes in, and I was like, I just can't. I would if deal you. With I guess these like my, my recommendation is like <laughs> if you want to be all up in that Marvel synergy, yeah. uh, power through season one. It gets better at, towards the end okay. because Winter Soldier, uh, Captain America, Winter Soldier, yes, the movie I affects heard it. Yeah. the show, and then it gives it a little bit more life. Season two was mm-hmm. all right, uh, and season three has been about the Inhumans. It's been okay. It's been not been like amazing. Uh, I've liked. Are Inhumans? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Are Inhumans what Marvel has to call mutants because they don't have the rights to the word mutants? <laughs> yes. Fox yes and them? no. Technically, okay. Inhumans have always <laughs> had their like separate uh, entity, but there's been some like crossing over. Uh, it's the reason why, uh, for example, like Scarlet Witch and the and. What's Pietro yeah, Maximoff? Quicksilver yeah. could Quicksilver, exist yeah. uh, because technically they were on the Avengers team for a while. Uh, even though, like, if you're gonna get nitty gritty into it, they're technically mutants. They're not Inhumans, but no, they are definitely mutants. But they are because the son of, of like how things work. Magneto. They're kind of just like everybody that is different, that has powers naturally, Inhumans. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I guess like with both those shows on on ABC, uh, the Muppets. I don't know. It's it's totally really strange to me uh, <laughs> because the Muppets in my mind, like the Muppets have always been adults, uh, yeah. but like it's it's a, a weird show. And uh, for me, the jokes land about maybe a third of the time. Uh, uh, a lot of it's visual jokes because they're Muppets, which is great. Uh, but yeah. it's a half hour comedy, so it's not a huge like time investment if you do want to get into it. I've been. Mm-hmm like always a week or two behind it's like if i have a little bit of free time i'll maybe throw on an episode of the muppets but it's not a, like every weaker for me and then marvel's agents of shield i'm just like i've been I've, i'm already two seasons in i might as well just keep going so i feel about downton abbey after a certain point it's like i've <laughs> sat through it this long i just have to see it through <laughs> however long this lasts yeah um Israel. So then I guess we're going to get into NBC. And the only thing really no- notable on NBC on Tuesdays is Limitless. Um, based on the film. Based on the film with Bradley Cooper. Mm-hmm. So call back to that. Um, 
out of all the new kind of procedural based shows, this is my pick. Okay. Um, produced uh, and uh, the first two episodes, I think, or first episode or two, were directed by Mark Webb. So stylistically a little funner. Um, it doesn't mm-hmm. take itself too seriously, which I was surprised by because NBC usually is like kind of up its own butt about procedurals because they really want to try to beat cbs <laughs> yes it is um, <laughs> but it's a fun show the character um the main character is way more interesting than bradley cooper's character in the movie i think uh because he, ha- cause he has like a real personality uh i like it jennifer carpenter is in it um from dexter fame um she can't curse because it's network so sometimes you like expect her to just like say shit fuck motherfucker and they uh, she can't she's not allowed to uh, yeah, out of the all new shows that are procedural based, Limitless is my pick. It's fun. The mysteries aren't that mysterious, but <laughs> that's not why you watch NBC shows. True uh, story. Okay, we're going into Fox on Tuesdays, which has Grandfather, The Grinder, and Scream Queens. Thoughts on the Scream? Did we did we talk about Scream Queens last Briefly, week? But or like, let's just recap uh, your thoughts on that. It, as a black woman, made me want to break out into Hives, Kiki uh, Palmer's character, who I think she's a very talented actress. Um, but this role that was written for her, and she is basically, there is actually um, a queer identifying uh, Asian woman also in the, in the sorority. Uh, oh, the premise of the show is like... Um, there's the sorority and all these people are being killed and dying off uh, on this campus. And like, it's basically a murder mystery, but also like a very self-aware sort of parody. Um, and Kiki Palmer's like the first um, like black woman, uh, one of the first two people of color admitted into this sorority because they have, a, they have to suddenly accept everyone. Um, and every line out of her mouth <laughs> is the most stereotypical thing that could have possibly happened. Mm. Um, when they set her up, you know, she's the black best friend, which I was gonna be like, okay, like I've, I've seen the promotional posters, I'm not s- surprised by this, but whatever. But then it's like, she's, you know, the first in her parent family to go to college, you know, she's kind of from the hood. And, she's from you know, she, it was raised. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, is that where she, I wasn't super paying attention because I was just no, in pain I mean, the entire this, time. There's this through line where they talk about Oakland nachos a bunch because that's her favorite food. Oh, do they, I only sat through the pilot and even then that was the biggest struggle I had that week. <laughs> um, it was just, I was just, I can't, like every lunch, she's like, that's ratchet. Or like, this is crazy oh as hell, like stuff like that. And I'm like, right. I, oh, sweet Lord, why? Yeah. <laughs> This is 2015, Ryan Murphy, you know better. Like, yeah. it, it, which is like, uh, which kind of affirmed for me why I don't feel the need to watch any more Ryan Murphy things. Like, I tried Glee a couple times once oh, because it was the only thing playing in English when I was in India. Um, <laughs> and once because I was in a group setting and was forced to watch it after the Super Bowl. And I was like, I don't need to see anymore. I did, a pre- I did like the normal heart, but, you know, he didn't have to make any attempts at... Right. I don't know. It's just one thing, like, I appreciate that he's trying to include people of color, but almost, like, I would almost rather he didn't if they're all going to be almost stereotypical parodies. Yeah, so Kiki them. Palmer so one-dimensional. is on there. Niecy Nash is on there as, like, a security guard. Um, 
and she is yeah. perhaps even more stereotypical black. But Niecy Nash always, that's kind of like her shtick as guess, a comedian. Like, but like, on Reno 911, she's the same. written it not to be that way, and she, she is a capable enough actress. She is. That, like, she could do mm-hmm. it. Uh, there was another character that was Niecy Nash's, like, friend, Shondell. Who, Shot, yeah, who dies is murdered within yep. minutes uh, of being on yeah. screen, and so I guess like racial depiction of things on Scream Queens not so great. Uh, queer depiction slightly better. Uh, the not Nick, by much. It was like the the, the lesbian character, the lesbian the most, character, like, stereotypical uh, the feminist Nick Jonas lesbian character. Uh, who? Yeah, he's like sexually is, harassing his straight friend. Yeah, he he's like a closeted yeah. gay man uh because he's in a fraternity but uh his best friend is like the the super alpha male guy who knows super accepting bro yeah, super accepting which is bro nice is weird, but then there's like a weird scene where like he asked to like spoon and then the guy was like well like I, last time you tried to like stick your dick in me touch my yeah. junk yeah it's like oh that was well. just i just wasn't oh, i won't do it this time and I'm like, uh, and then he definitely does it. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, and so, like, I guess there's yeah. like, a, it's like a visual joke for a second, um, but. Uh, mm. But I'm like, as a, like from what I understand, Ryan Murphy identifies as gay, yes. and I'm like, why would you write your Don't characters know. like to? Why are you doing this, sir? <laughs> Uh, I don't, uh, sir. I don't understand. But uh, yeah, so I guess Scream Queens interesting. It's a hard pass a f- from me. Fun show. <laughs> it's I would only watch it for Jamie Lee Curtis. The monologues yes, that she has in the first episode slash two are great. The past couple episodes she hasn't had much to do, so that I'm like really bored. Uh, it's like a semi pass for me. I'm gonna keep watching it for Jamie Lee Curtis because she is a treasure. I, I can't deny. Uh, but I wouldn't. She is fantastic. I, it's not. It's not a show that I would heavily recommend. I'm a big fan of the horror genre and, and like, kind of parody Scream-esque stuff. It, it doesn't do a great job with it, honestly. Um, no, it really doesn't. It's basically, I feel like Ryan Murphy was like, I'm going to do American Horror Story, but, like, PG-13 version. No, it's like, I want to fuse Glee <laughs> and American Horror Story, and I'm going to take the leads from both, and put or lead characters from both. Leah mm-hmm. Michelle and Emma Roberts are both in it. Um, as major characters, and they're yeah, like, yeah. and the yeah. Lee Michelle character is, is super interesting. She gets way more interesting later. She on. is interesting. Uh, yeah. So I guess maybe watch for her because she kind of really like choose the background when she can. So that's how mm. I feel about Scream Queens. Uh, the the two half hours that Fox has uh, that go before Scream Queens, grandfathered to the grinder, uh, grandfathered with John Stamos in it, the grinder with Rob Lowe in it. Uh, both are fine. I actually prefer Grandfathered to The Grinder, uh, though other people mm. prefer The Grinder to Grandfathered. So, if you want a half-hour <laughs> comedy that's like not too substantial, either one of them, perfectly fine. Uh, I prefer Grandfathered also because it has Paget Brewster in it. She's awesome. Uh, Wednesdays, Wednesdays of note for me are really only Arrow on the CW, and then the Rosewood and Empire on Fox. Any thoughts on any of those? I think I'm the only black woman on the face of the earth not watching Empire right now, and I need to... <laughs> as soon as I finish Jane the Virgin, I will get to it. I promise. I've heard very good things, and I heard the music is fantastic. Um, all, and Oh, sorry. All, no, I was going to say, of all of these shows, Empire is the only one that I've actually caught up with and have watched, partly because I've only recently gotten internet. 
but okay <laughs> finally i have it so maybe i'll be caught up and i can contribute more but in the beginning the first season i was very invested in pi Mm-hmm. And now the second season, I don't know if it's like I've had time to step back or I don't know what it is, but it just seems so fantastic in a bad way, like fantastical, like just the most improbable. The yes. Most ridiculous, mm-hmm. like crazy. It, it Like, in my opinion, essentially like Glee, but for black people. Yes. Just Glee <laughs> That's with what black I've heard. People, you know, <laughs> and like it's first, like Glee mixed a little with like, um, I, I guess. Not Emma. Um, what's that movie um, with the records? Uh, Beyonce in it. You know what I mean? Or it's like very much like Keep It oh, Dirty. R- r- <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Cadillac Records. Sorry, Cadillac Records. It's like what? <laughs> but yeah, like the the politics and like the right. sleazy underbelly of the music industry, which is so entertaining. But also, there's something so unsatisfying about it mm. at the same time. I don't know how to describe it. It's like I'm watching this and I'm enjoying it, but I'm watching it and I'm getting nothing out of it. I guess it's just mm. pure entertainment, and that's fine. But overall, the music is good, and it's very intriguing, in my opinion. I mean, I haven't, I haven't watched Empire. I just it, last season came at like a weird time. I think it like premiered. It weird, did. So I never, it never like like in the winter. I think. Alexander, did mm-hmm. you recommend that people watch Empire? Yeah, just go for it. Just try it. At least you'll be caught up with the world. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. I feel like it's very enjoyable, but it's just it's just substanceless, you know? There's nothing it doesn't mm. contribute anything to society except like blatant entertainment. And that's actually pretty fine. The world needs more yeah. of that, I feel. Yeah, yeah um, I guess like I haven't watched Empire, but that I guess I'll based on blatant entertainment. I'll try to fit that in the schedule somehow. Uh, for me, Arrow, uh, it, it fell off the boat for me last season. I'm watching it just so that I have this like weird Flash, because Flash and Arrow does a lot of crossover episodes, so I like to be in the know. It's fine. I don't love it. I don't hate it. The uh, the Oliver Felicity romance is stupid. Uh, mm. Watch it if you want to see like Stephen Amell's, like, I don't think his voice matches his face slash body so like i just giggle every time he speaks and it's fun for that uh, <laughs> and then rosewood on fox which has uh morris chestnut chestnut morris <laughs> morris chestnut in it uh no i'm just gonna go say no i watched the pilot and uh pretty much every other show in the new kind of network season i've given at least two episodes i didn't even can't. Just no. Just no. Uh, it's him as a private medical examiner. That's a thing, apparently. Hmm. Uh, um, and then he, like, forces himself to, like, this new Latina police sergeant in Miami, and they're, like, partners. I don't know how that works. That seems financially, like, a really stupid idea for the police department. <laughs> I can't tell <laughs> from the pilot. She's, like, a super sassy lady from New York, originally from Miami, and, like, guarded and sassy, and Latina, and then he's suave and African American and buff. Like he's smart. Like it wasn't a good show. It's poorly written. Maybe something to watch with like the sound off, just to look at two beautiful people interact. (laughs) But just don't. Uh, I I imagine it's. I don't think it got episodes cut, but I don't think it's gonna survive because it's not gonna be renewed. It's not meant to survive. (laughs) 
Oh, wow. <laughs> um, so Thursdays. All right. Shondaland. Shondaland. I'm going to step out Thursdays on my, on my docket is Scandal, How to Get Away with Murder, Sleepy Hollow, and The Player. Haven't watched any of those. Because <laughs> uh, I'm a bit I, behind on Sleepy Hollow and Scandal, but, you know, I, I do enjoy Like, I don't know. There's some characters I definitely think Shonda needs to, like, purge and kill off. Um, that should have gone <laughs> along with Columbus Short <laughs> a little while ago. But, um, yeah, no, I, you know what? Kerry Washington is great in everything, even in Fantastic Four. Wait, <laughs> I don't know why she was Fantastic in that movie. Not the not the new oh, one. The, the other one. two. Oh, she was Ben's one. girlfriend because she, she was blind. The, yeah, she was a uh, Felicia, something like that. I don't right, know, right. Alicia, Alicia, or something like that. Yeah, uh, I'm a fan. I need to get back into that. Of course, how to get away with murder, Queen Viola. I did not. The the format of the show kind of irked me. I need to give it another chance. I heard it's better in binge. And then Sleepy Hollow. I love the actors. The storyline, season two, kind of derailed a bit for me. I need to get back into it and give it another chance. Right. I've definitely, like, dabbled with Sleepy Hollow. And I find it really intriguing. Like, I like it a lot. It's and fun. And people yeah. are beautiful. Like, oh, so yes. many beautiful Nicole people. Nicole Bahari. Oh, yeah. Just, Tom Meissen. Doesn't make sense how there are so many beautiful people on screen. It confuses me, but I really enjoy that. I haven't seen Scandal or How to Get Away with Murder. They're on my list, so yeah, maybe, maybe one day. Yeah, maybe we'll season do one of Scandal. Amazing. I, yeah, I think I got mm-hmm. through two seasons of Scandal, and then I was like, Bleh. like if I don't watch it in giant, like binge, kind of blobs, I, I don't. I just don't. Uh, though my Twitter feed explodes every Thursday. Thursday night. Uh, yeah, I don't. So, yeah, I guess maybe we'll do, like, a return on Shondaland uh, sometime. <laughs> Once we've all caught up. Just because. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Sleepy Hollow, I bailed season two as well. Midway through season two, I didn't finish it because I was just like, nope. Oh, you made it farther than I did. Nope. Um, and uh, the player I put on just because it's, uh, like, NBC's big show on Thursday. It's going to uh, be joined by Elementary after Thursday Night Football. And mm. uh, I'm excited for Elementary back. So uh, maybe I'll watch the player. It has Wesley Snipes in it. Ooh. So Snipes. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then I guess we're just going to wrap up with, like, the weekend. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, rain. All righty. Yeah. Uh, this is the I, one show. I don't of watch all... Rain. So I'm going to hand this one I am... to Carrie. <laughs> I, am go- I can't believe I'm going on the record and saying to the internet that I do watch Rain religiously. Um, <laughs> it is not a good show <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination, but I cannot stop watching it. It is in season three. Um, they are about to kill off a major... Well, okay, this isn't a spoiler um, because they talk about it in season one um, that, you know, the prince is that last going to die at some point this season um and so net so i think what they're going to do is get mary back over to scotland but that's a problem because now they've brought in elizabeth the first as a character and if anyone you so know, this is a brief... this is like reimagined like wildly reimagined the, the life of mary queen of scott um no mary queen of scott oh, gotcha um Not yeah the other mary. so <laughs> yeah the other one so it's really insane because basically this woman 
in historical record, you know, was married to the Dauphin of France at like age 12, 13. Of course, they never had any children because they were like 12, 13. They were both like the same age. Um, he dies about a year or so into the marriage. And then she eventually goes back to Scotland and, you know, tries to rule from there. And then is eventually captured by Elizabeth I and, you know, dies in captivity um, at a relatively young age, like by age 30. Um, and her son becomes James the first, uh, who succeeds Elizabeth the first of France. So basically it's like, um, you know, all this intrigue, you know, between the Catholics and the Protestants at the time. Um, but then it's mostly a YA, you know, very, uh, gossip girl sort of like court romance thing with these women in prom dresses with <laughs> no semblance of historical accuracy of any kind. Nostradamus, who I'm pretty sure was dead by this time i'm not 100 sure like is in is a major character in the show and he has mm. visions um someone the most the only thing that a lot of people who don't watch rain know the show for is because a character a very minor character was killed in season one by basically being humped out a window like she <laughs> is having sex with the king Yay. they're up against the window and she <laughs> falls out during a particularly powerful thrust and then the king and queen have to you know clean up the body and like stage her death like it's a suicide um so and also there's a moment in the oh and during a a major wedding there's an instrumental version of royals by lord that is played unironically as they do a courtly you know Uh, uh. contemporary dance i i strongly recommend it if you are looking for a hate watch or if you're looking for something that just makes no sense and requires minimal brain power, but has very pretty people and very beautiful cinematography, I recommend it. Uh, um, I, but, I have no other words. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I have no other words for it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess the rest of the weekend, I've heard good things about Dr. Ken, which is Ken Jong's. Uh, oh, really? Half-hour comedy on ABC. Right. Uh, a UNC grad. A UNC grad. <laughs> uh, I don't know. They put it on a Friday, so like, which is a kiss of death I, so comedy, I med, I, which is I guess shitty. It's med for like older people, I don't know. Right. I'll catch up on it. People without lives. Yeah, uh, and then like Sunday, my oh wait, sorry, quick thing. Yes. Second Asian family in prime yes. time at the moment. Absolutely, and it's, this is like histo- It's literally historic. I think. I yeah, don't think there's ever been was, two. Uh, the last time before Fresh Off the Boat was Margaret Cho's. Uh, that didn't make it a full season i don't think Uh, and i've heard good things about it uh i just have not watched it uh yeah and then sunday all i say just watch the good wife it's always a good show uh last man on earth is fun will forte's great great beard uh quantico i watched (laughs) watched the first episode uh it's notable it has a bollywood star star. as as the lead it's supposed to be like scandal-esque but with like fbi terrorism basis is uh i didn't really love the pilot maybe i'll continue mm. watching it but it's a diverse like cast uh, i do believe that the showrunner is maybe a person of color it's not 100 percent sure i'm not clear uh but people have said okay things about it um and then the Fox comedy block of Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Bob's Burgers, always a great, reliable... Fantastic. Thing. Oh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is a very yeah. fun, diverse show. Um, yeah, it, it can't... Andre Brower, great. as the captain, cannot be beat. Yeah, so I guess maybe we'll just wrap up this this very long segment of this podcast. <laughs> um, any must-watches on TV? One show that you tell everybody that you should absolutely watch. 
Mm, at the moment? Yep, at the moment. On cable or on just generally? network, if you can. Network, sorry. If there's okay. anything on network television. Network. <laughs> Wait, does Doctor Who count as network television? It oh, hovers. sorry. We, we, it hovers. Yeah, if you guys do get BBC America <laughs> or have Netflix, uh, Doctor Who, I will say this current Doctor is a Scottish gentleman. He's and a if you old don't man. speak Scottish, yeah. <laughs> I strongly recommend, like, you You honestly need the captions, if you can get them, until you understand what the Scottish cadence uh, is like, or, you know, just watch Outlander a lot like I did, and then you can slowly understand it. Um, but yeah, I, I rec- I've heard good things about this recent Doctor. Um, they're kind of getting away from some of the more... Mm, problematic tropes that this showrunner yeah, I mean, Stephen we, Moffat has. We definitely should have a longer conversation on Stephen Moffat because I have a, I have a, a hatred of Clara. Oh, me too. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a shame because like, she's such a charming yeah, actor. She's a good actor. But I she's gracious fantastic. Uh, my, yeah. my recommendation, I guess, on network, in terms of a new network show, Limitless is really out of all the new stuff. Old network show, it's a, it's a tie between Jane the Virgin and The Flash, depending on what, what kind of stuff you like. Uh, Alexandria? I am going to go with Bob's Burgers because I love that show. Yes. And I don't have a lot of TV categories to choose from. <laughs> <laughs> but that show... Who's your, who's your favorite on Bob's um, Burgers? Oh, probably Tina. I love Tina. Like, Oh, yeah. I connect with Tina in some weird, awkward way. So we all do. This is very true. Yeah, I love her. They're all fantastic, though. Oh, it's it's a really, really great show. Um, and the universe of the show is so large and bizarre. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of very strange guest stars. Like uh, Ken Jeong is Dr. Yap, like their dentist. Right. Um, Megan Mullally is like the crazy aunt. Um, what's her name? Um, oh, there's so many like great. Oh, Kevin Klein is like Mr. Fish Odor, their landlord. It's it's like a fun fun show i definitely i i want a second can i tag on to doctor who want a second watch bob's burgers second slash kind of first episode first with the whole crew episode of, of people of cinema um i'm winton wong you can find me on twitter at wwingwong and then you can find everything else that i do on the internet at wintonwong.com carrie <laughs> okay uh, <laughs> i too can be found on twitter at sassy stereotype and everything else can also be found at kerrykears.com k-e-r-r-i-k-e-a-r-s-e dot c-o-m for what that is a fantastic twitter name <laughs> oh thank you <laughs> that's wonderful <laughs> i have no plugs to give because i don't have a twitter or a website so do you have a linkedin <laughs> you can plug your linkedin if you like. find alexandria in los angeles <laughs> <laughs> just find her on california <laughs> i'll like resituate myself and try and be more technologically savvy and like social media like i'll I'll try and get that ready at some point yeah just just at reply me and carrie and uh we'll send alexandria a text 
The music used throughout this episode is from Happy Abandon. The track is called Love Like Language off of their forthcoming EP. You can find more of Happy Abandon's work and a link to their Bandcamp in the show notes. People of Cinema is on Facebook. Find us at facebook.com slash POC podcast. We're also on Twitter at People of Cinema. Thanks for listening. 